Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning and welcome to the Vince Coakley radio program on this Wednesday. Good to be back with you. Hope all is well in your world. As for the world at large, well, you know, it's crazy out there. (laughs) And we'll talk about a lot of the craziness that is developing on this particular day. A number of things to delve into. As you know, one of the big things we've been discussing for several days, the anticipated response from the Biden administration, the attack that happened over the weekend that killed some of our military personnel and injured others. But first, just a preview of some of the things that we'll delve into during the course of our conversation today. One of the things that we are seeing now in the midst of all of the challenges we face, not only are we wrestling with trying to preserve our liberties, we have an administration and sadly a number of people who are participating in what can only be called lawfare. They are basically using the law as a weapon to target political enemies. And what really matters at the end of the day are those things, those issues that are of utmost importance to those who are politically on the right side of popular issues. And that gives this administration its mandate to go after people who would dare to even oppose Things that so many people hold dear. We'll talk about this particular case that is clearly a miscarriage of justice. In recent months, we've been raising your awareness about the radical agenda of those who are trying to promote just really weird stuff as it relates to gender ideology we're going to share a story that is just absolutely chilling about how once again the government is stepping in and destroying families and they're basing this entire thing on how a minor feels about gender identity that seems to be all that matters as we see authorities destroy families, we will tell you how this is unfolding. Also, on the culture front, we are dealing with 
an unprecedented example of venereal diseases or STDs. I know it's not a comfortable thing to talk about, but we've got very high levels of one in particular. We're going to talk about this and what the government is saying about this particular area. We'll delve into politics as well. I'm going to tell you what I think about one person's perspective of a famous star who's been in in the headlines quite a bit lately. But apparently this is something that one particular group of very, very rabid political types well, they're not going to sit down for this particular woman. We'll tell you who she is and why some people think she poses a threat to their favorite candidate. I know this sounds bizarre, doesn't it? But we'll delve into that during the course of the broadcast today. I want to begin where we delved into yesterday and raising questions about what comes next. What comes next after a drone attack that destroyed really, um, I would say, that opened the door to very dangerous decisions that have to be made now by this administration. One of the things we've talked about is there really are no good choices. This is where we are. I think there are options available to us. And there's a cost, potential cost to all of them. ABC News reports that the United States is preparing retaliatory strikes for that drone attack by Iran-backed militants. An official is saying this is going to play out over the course of several days. The plan apparently involves striking multiple targets. These are going to be very deliberate targets, deliberate strikes on facilities that enable these attacks. According to this official, speaking on condition of anonymity, Officials would not say whether any of the targets would be inside or outside of Iran. Leaving the White House yesterday morning, President Joe Biden said he had decided how the U.S. would respond to the attack, but gave no more details. When asked if Iran is responsible, he said Tehran is arming these proxy groups. I do hold them responsible and that they're supplying the weapons to the people who did this. At the same time, he told reporters the U.S. is not looking for a wider war in the Middle East. That kind of gives some indication as to where this is probably going, which, be, which would be an attack focused on this particular group, not against Iran. Now, we've talked about how an enemy attack drone was able to reach a remote U.S. military base in Jordan. According to three officials, speaking on condition of anonymity, in order to discuss sensitive battlefield details, the one-way enemy attack drone approached the base around the same time as a U.S. surveillance drone, causing confusion 
and preventing the U.S. from deploying air defenses. The enemy drone hit the living quarters of the base early in the morning while troops were still sleeping, wounding at least 40, killing three. The deadly attacks several officials have characterized as simple luck by the enemy. A dramatic escalation in the months-long tension between Iran-backed militants and U.S. forces stationed in Iraq and Syria. Since mid-October, there have been at least 165 attacks on U.S. troops in Iraq, Syria, and Jordan. 165. I think it should be clear by now, enough is enough. Still to come in the broadcast, indications that this militant group is trying to get out of the consequences of its actions. We'll tell you what they are promising now that I think comes a little bit late. We'll address that much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Still to come on the Vince Coakley radio program, we have Wellness Wednesday. This will be a very controversial post by my good friend, Lauren Rosser. Some of you on the surface may hear parts of this and think, oh, there's nothing wrong with this. I heard this in church last Sunday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is going to be a winner. As we put the spotlight on some of the very unhealthy things that are going on in the name of Christianity. We will address that coming up in the next hour. But right now, I mentioned that this administration is getting ready for some type of military response to Iranian-backed militants. Probably a subject that will be discussed tonight. As you know, it's 2024, an election year. WBT gearing up to bring you the latest on what's sure to be an election cycle for the ages. First up, the WBT North Carolina 8th Congressional District Republican primary debate. It is sold out. But don't worry, if you don't have a ticket, you can listen to the entire event right here on News Talk 1110 WBT. It is tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Can you believe this is the last day of January? This month has just zipped by. The debate tonight at 7 o'clock will be at Wingate University's Bat Center. The debate will be moderated by Bo and Beth with questions to the candidates. Coming from the whole WBT team, Pete Callender, Brett Winnable, Mark Garrison, Brett Jensen, and myself, and we extend a huge thank you to our venue sponsor, Winkett University. Visit WBT.com for more details on this very important debate coming up this evening. So, we already know the administration is getting ready for some type of military response to Iranian-backed militants. So, what's going on with these militants? 
Well, get a load of this. The militia suspected of the strike on U.S. troops says it's going to suspend attacks. I think this is called day late, dollar short. An Iraqi militia suspected of involvement in the drone strike that killed three American soldiers said yesterday it's suspending attacks on U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria as the Biden administration weighed a possible military response. The leader of Iranian-backed Kataib Hezbollah said it was halting attacks on U.S. bases and troops, calling the move temporary and warning against hostile American action. We announced the suspension of military and security operations against the occupation forces. There's that key word that tells you a lot about who these people are. Occupation forces. This is how they're characterizing America. This is all they're also characterizing Israel. The group's secretary general, <laughs> really, secretary general Abu Hussein al-Hamdadwi, put out a statement saying the group's fighters would adopt a temporary passive defense. What in the world is a passive defense? This announcement underscored the growing alarm in the region that U.S. reprisal for the drone attack could escalate into a wider clash, possibly drawing the U.S. and Iran into a military confrontation. Major General Pat Ryder, a Pentagon spokesman, said they're supplying the weapons to the people who did it. I don't think we need a wider war in the Middle East. It's not what I'm looking for. U.S. officials said the attack was carried out by groups armed and directed by Iran and said it bore the hallmarks of this Kataib Hezbollah operation. Iran, for its part, has denied any involvement. Of course they have. So what does this mean? Does this mean they're actually going to stand down? Or is what they've already communicated here, is this just a temporary thing? Who knows? Maybe the temporary for them is a day, a day or two, and then they're back to their old tricks. I doubt very seriously anybody's going to take this as anything resembling assurance. Plus, they already need to be held to account for the carnage that they have already subjected this country to. We have a couple of very important cultural issues to delve into before we even get into the hardcore political stuff. One of the things I said to you is I'm very concerned about the effort by this administration and frankly liberals all around the country to use what many would describe as being lawfare to attack political opponents. I always love the characterization from Rush about the issue of abortion. He basically said, you know, that for liberals, 
liberalism as a religion. And really, one of the most sacred things that they do as liberals is to kill babies. It's abortion. So, pretty much anything you do to facilitate abortion, characterized as the woman's right to choose, it's a good cause. I want you to hear and understand how dangerous this is. Here's what's happened. Six pro-life activists have been found guilty and they face 11 years in prison for peaceful protest. There's the key part of this. Peaceful protest. By the way, how many people who caused all the carnage after the George Floyd killing, how many of them have been arrested? And face prison time for all the destruction, the fires, the other damage caused in communities all around the country. Nonviolence is not rewarded, but you can tear down, burn down buildings, cause all kinds of disruption, and there's no prosecution whatsoever. Coming up, you're going to hear what these six pro-life activists actually did. This is the scary part about this. We now have a government which is putting itself in the position of opposing peaceful protest. We will address this and much more as we continue our broadcast. Also, there's a story that's really going to blow your mind. A family literally torn apart by a question of gender ideology. We'll address that much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So, the administration breathing threats towards Iranian-backed militants, the militants saying, you know, we're going to stand down for the time being. Is this something that can be trusted? Let's go out to a call from Joe. Good morning. Welcome, Joe. Hey, Vince. Uh, this is so classic. This is what happens when you delay smacking somebody that smacks you. They're, they're going <laughs> to do exactly what Hezbollah does with Israel. They attack throw rockets, Israel hits them back and says, okay, okay, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll cease fire, and then Israel hits them again. And, oh, see, they're, they're the aggressor. Now we can attack them again. It's just so, it's so predictable. You have, you have to be strong right from the get-go, otherwise they're going to take advantage of you, and they're on the offense and we're on the defense. It's just stupid. Well, Joe, it seems to be that there's universal agreement that, and, and I'm, I guess I'm asking you if you agree with this, that leading up to this, that we somehow projected weakness. Oh, it's 100%. 100%. 
I mean, if you, you cannot show weakness on the world stage. It's a, it's a known fact from the, you look at any history from the known, known time that started writing it down. The world is governed by the judicious use of force. Okay. If you get hit and you don't do anything about it, it just breeds more hitting and 160 some hits. And then finally, one of our guys, three of our people get killed. Oh, and now we're going to do something. It's just stupid. If you were the decision maker, what's your target? Well, first off, put the damn sanctions back on. He took them off. Stop giving them toward Iran. Toward Iran. Iran, absolutely. And then hit their their hit their uh, their one terminal that's out in the island. There's not even a bridge to it. It'll take them years to fix it. They don't. They only produce oil. They don't even. They they have no. Um, uh, no refineries at all. Okay, they can only export crude oil. They don't have any refineries in that country. So cut their money off and make them starve. I mean, this is not rocket science. They were under control. No one was doing a whole lot because Trump sanctioned the crap out of them. And when they did something, he hit them hard. And they basically were, you know, quiet until Biden gets in the office. He takes the sanction off. We give him money for hostages. Oh, my gosh. We're giving money to Venezuela. We're giving what happened to never negotiating. <laughs> hey, I'm I mean, fully, fully there with you. Uh, we've certainly sent some sent some wrong signals here. And they've taken full advantage. This is something I've been talking about for several years. This is open season for anybody who wants to act up on the world stage and target America and Americans. Until we have a real president, um, this is what's going to happen. Agreed. And, it, and this goes back to the, the crime now. I mean, I saw that video of a bunch of illegals beating up two cops in, in New York. It's the same thing. And those illegals got let out with no bail. <laughs> what does that do to the cops? Yeah, it's demoralizing, isn't it? It's, it's well, it, everything is working in reverse. It's just, I mean, and you know what? I'm sorry. We've already done this. We did this with the wild, wild west when you didn't have law, laws and you didn't have marshals. And you, we've already done this. How can anybody with a brain say, oh, we need to reduce cops? Because it's it's bad for society. We've already gone through this. Yeah, it worked so well I mean, in the past. Let's yeah. repeat it again. Yeah, Just... I mean, history <laughs> is pretty simple. I mean, you, you look at what's. I mean, we got to this point because we built on raw, you know, misfortunes. We built on. Yeah, we had slavery, but we've got so much better now. And now we want to revert to all this other stuff. It's it's <laughs> it's mind blowing. Hey, well, I appreciate your call and your perspective. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of people out there, certainly with the sound of my voice, who agree with you. And while illegal immigrants are given a pass, what do people in this country, radical leftists do? Will they use the power of the administration to target peaceful activists? Six pro-life activists were found guilty yesterday for conspiracy against rights and violating the freedom of access to clinics 
entrances in relation to a peaceful protest outside of a Tennessee abortion facility in 2021. President Joe Biden's pro-abortion administration announced October 2022 it had charged 11 activists involved in the March 5th, 2021 blockade of the Carafim Health Center Clinic in Mount Juliet. Attorneys for the activists said they were conducting a rescue and had gathered on the second floor of the building where the clinic is located to pray, sing hymns, and urge women not to go through with abortions. The peaceful protests also live-streamed on Facebook. Six of the activists have now been found guilty of a misdemeanor FACE Act charge as well as a felony conspiracy against rights charge which carries with it the possibility of up to 11 years in prison and fines up to $250,000. This is crazy. And as I look at the age of these people, nobody's under 50. These aren't kids going out, breaking windows, and causing destruction. Four other activists who have not gone to trial yet were only charged with a FACE Act violation and face up to a year in prison and fines up to $10,000. They include Eva Edel of Aiken, South Carolina. Do you want to know how old this woman is? She's 87. So while we leave a border open... We have an administration that's going to prosecute an 87-year-old woman for taking part in a peaceful demonstration. By the way, another activist, 24-year-old Caroline Dawes, or Davis, actually, of Michigan, already took a plea deal in 2023 and agreed to testify for the government. The six activists are expected to be sentenced in July. The guilty verdict delivered on the sixth day of the trial at the Fred Thompson Courthouse in Nashville. The case overseen by Judge Alita Togger, an appointee of former President Bill Clinton. There's a shocker. Thomas More Society attorneys for one of the defendants a Christian father of 11 children said in a news release they will appeal his guilty verdict to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. Steve Crampton saying, we're, of course, disappointed with the outcome. This was a peaceful demonstration by entirely peaceable citizens filled with prayer, hymn singing, and worship oriented toward persuading expecting mothers not to abort their babies. Unfortunately, the Biden Department of Justice decided to characterize Paul Vaughn's peaceful actions as a felony conspiracy against rights to intimidate and punish Paul and other pro-life people and people of faith. This is an abomination is what it is. And I hope this is struck down by a higher court. In fact, this. I, I hesitate to even call this a law. It ought to be thrown out completely. Unbelievable. Much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast still to come. More destructive policies by the far left helping to destroy a family. 
We'll tell you what this is about as we continue our broadcast. Before we talk about a very dangerous case unfolding, we're going to go out to a call that just may be life-changing for all of us. A man who has the answer to all of our problems. Randall, what do you have for us? Good morning, Vince. Hey, Vince, I just want to say that if we would just call all these problems that we're facing, not just nationally, but even on an international scale, if we call it sin, it's a sin problem. Racial problems, a sin problem. Abortion, a sin problem. Wars, a sin problem. And the Constitution, all these uh, great political people not going to fix it. Joe Biden can't fix it. Donald Trump can't fix it. We want to. They, they want to sit down and have a peace conference, and they don't have the peacemaker at the table. There'll Ooh. never be any peace until God is seated at the conference table. Preach, Randall. You've hit we, this we on the head. It, we, we, that's we that's what call this. It what it is, man. That's what this all comes down to. You know, I should. Now that you mention this, I'm going to share something coming up in just a few minutes, because I, I think one of the things we've done, Randall, is we've also we have really um, we have you probably know this, but we have special sins we like to focus on and we don't talk about the things that are really in the forefront of the father's heart and mind at the very core of the way many of us operate. I'm going to share that because you brought this up. I'm going to share this coming up in a few minutes. And the problem is, Randall, if we don't repent, there's no hope of any change, is there? No, you're right, Vince. We can't just pick out and choose what we want to. We've got to call it all what it is. And when we start calling it, and stop being afraid of that three-letter word, then we'll get some issues. We'll get some problems, sir. We'll, we'll find some solutions. But until we do that, we're blowing smoke at a problem that man in and of himself doesn't have the answer. He can't fix it. He can only put a Band-Aid. It's like putting a Band-Aid over a cancerous sore. But under that Band-Aid, it's still festering and getting worse. And that's what's happening to our country and to our world. All right, Randall. Hey, I very much appreciate your call. And... I'm definitely going to follow through and sharing something in a few minutes from now. Do call again sometime, Randall. And it ties into this next story. Uh, By the way, there's testimony going on in Capitol Hill. The huge leaders of the Internet companies, they are speaking on the subject of how young people are being influenced by using their particular social media platforms, whether it's Facebook or uh, Instagram. These folks are trying to explain themselves and, of course, justify and excuse themselves and their behavior when we all know how unhealthy these things are, especially the longer our young people are exposed. And I think this next story is an example of the kind of foolishness that has been unleashed on American families. UK Daily Mail covering this story very well. Exclusive gender ideology has torn our family apart. A Montana family who lost custody of their 14-year-old daughter after refusing to let her transition to a boy 
reveals their torment. I mean, there's so much here. But the starting place is, who, do, who to whom does this young daughter belong? Who does she belong to? Her parents of the state. That's really the central question here. This Montana mom and dad lost custody of their daughter after they refused to transition her gender. Have told Daily Mail the ordeal has torn their family apart. Krista Kolstad revealed the family's nightmare started when they received a call. Their 14-year-old daughter, Jennifer, told friends at school she wanted to commit suicide in August 2023. I'm going to say something that's going to offend a lot of people. We've got to stop being influenced by emotional blackmail and threats of suicide. Just because you are claiming you're going to kill yourself, it does not mandate that we allow you to do whatever it is you want to do. This is blackmail. If I can't go to the school dance, I'm going to kill myself. If I can't use my cell phone, I'm going to kill myself. If I can't game, I'm going to kill myself. If I can't transition to being a girl, I'm going to kill myself. That's the trump card that they pull. So after this call, Child Protective Services, which is a really misnamed organization, went to the Callstad's home to inspect the house and interviewed Jennifer, later determining that she needed to transition to get better. Notice who's making the decisions here. Krista, who's Jennifer's stepmother and the girl's biological father, Todd Kolstad, said Jennifer had a tough upbringing and several undiagnosed mental health concerns, including attention-seeking behavior and lying. Hello, these are discipline problems. They believe these are at the heart of the problem and the urge to transition and were overlooked by social services. Krista told Daily Mail, it's been horrible. Our family unit will never be the same. Even if they returned our daughter to us now, you're not going to have the same family unit. It's created a lot of animosity on Jennifer's part toward us. She doesn't believe she has to listen to us or her parents anymore. I love my daughter unconditionally. Only want her to refrain from making decisions until she has the maturity and life experiences to understand what the consequences are for her actions. This does not happen in isolation, ladies and gentlemen. A family in Indiana has asked the U.S. Supreme Court to review their lost custody case. Jeremy and Mary Cox, evangelical Christians, lost custody of their son in June 2021 after they refused religious reasons for him to start identifying as a girl. This is madness. California mom Abigail Martinez filed a document offering support of Mr. and Mrs. Cox. Ms. Martinez lost custody of her teenage daughter, Yaley, in 2016, who was put on testosterone and later died by suicide. So she died by suicide anyway. The Colstad said Jennifer had a traumatic upbringing. Her, brother, her birth mother walked out when she was young and was only around sporadically. 
Statements from Jennifer and her sister's counselor show the girls describing their biological mother as uncaring, abusive, and crazy. Jennifer's always been repeatedly bullied at school. Mr. and Mrs. Colstead even moved districts to try and give their daughter a fresh start at a new school. She always wanted to be the super pretty, super popular girl, and who doesn't? But she always has been the crazy smart kid who was in math club. When child and family services arrived at the family home, the family let the caseworker inspect their house, speak to their daughter alone, but warned her she had a history of making up stories. During the interview, Jennifer claimed to have drank toilet bowl cleaner and taken an overdose of painkillers in an attempted suicide. Her parents said this is highly unlikely because Mrs. Colstead had been working at home all day and Jennifer did not have access to either substance and had expressed no symptoms of illness. Despite their doubts, Mr. and Mrs. Colstead agreed to take Jennifer to the local hospital to get checked out. Blood work confirmed Jennifer had not consumed any toxic substances. Surprise, surprise. We're going to tell you more about this story and this crazy madness that state governments are promoting. This and much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast and well, Wellness Wednesday. And straight ahead right here. Stay with us. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hour number two of the Vince Coakley radio program still to come. We've got Wellness Wednesday. I want to finish this UK Daily Mail story, and, and I'm not trying to scare you with this. And I do appreciate the perspective of Chris Lockett, who writes in, please be sensitive to the fact that there are those who don't cry wolf and did kill themselves. Yes, this is not to diminish the threat of teen suicides in the least bit. I'm not insensitive to that. But we've gone way overboard and allowing emotional blackmail. And I've seen this in other relationships because this becomes a pattern. It becomes a pattern. Getting into the substance of what happened with this particular family. Medical notes mentioned that Jennifer, identified as male, wanted to be called Leo. Our daughter began demanding she be called Leo. He and him. Oh my gosh. We explain this is in her history, but not something we would agree to as her parents. The hospital staff ignored our request. You see the arrogance of this? 
the hospital staff, they know better than you, the parents. They see a part of what's going on. They don't see the whole thing. Jennifer first expressed her desire to change gender to her parents age 13. Her parents told her she was too young to make such a decision and sent her to counseling to explore why she felt that way. Mrs. Colstead said it wasn't new, but she hadn't brought it up in a year. Never came to us and said, you need to call me this, you need to call me that. There was never an issue. Mr. and Ms. Colstead, who were Christian, left the hospital staff know of their objections and asked that Jennifer be called by her birth name. The hospital continued to call our daughter Leo, even though she's a minor. And after I stated it's against our wishes, our religion, and our core family values, the hospital told me to call their lawyer if I have an issue, as they will do what the patient tells them. Oh, my gosh. A minor. Can I remind you again, this is a minor, not an adult. Oh, my gosh. While medical transitioning of minors is banned in Montana, Mrs. Colstead said the hospital told her social transition was a gray area of the law. Jennifer placed under 24-hour supervision due to her threats of suicide, but Mrs. Colstead said an aide was placed outside her door who would regularly speak to Jennifer about having top surgery and how she was non-binary. Oh, my gosh. Along with CPS, Mr. and Ms. Colstead agreed Jennifer would benefit from specialized inpatient treatment and counseling at a mental health hospital. There were six facilities in Montana, as well as one in Wyoming. Mr. and Ms. Colstead raised concerns about Wyoming, as the state allows minors to have gender-affirming care, such as hormone blockers and surgical procedures. And I remind you again, this is not gender-affirming care. It's gender-rejecting care. This couple, rightly worried, this may happen without their consent. Just hours later, Mr. and Mrs. Colstead were informed there was a bed available in Wyoming Behavioral Institute, and Jennifer must go immediately. Immediately. They stated they reiterated their concerns and said they had questions, needed answering before they agreed. Ten minutes later, CPS showed up at the Colstead's house with police and papers removing their daughter from their care, accusing them of refusing treatment. While Jennifer was in Wyoming, she was given men's hygiene products such as body wash and deodorant. This is child abuse. I, I, there's a part of me, I have to exercise so much restraint right now. The things that I'm thinking about, the people who do this stuff, this is evil. This is evil. After a month in the Wyoming facility, Jennifer moved to a youth dynamics group home in Montana, where she has remained ever since. Here, Jennifer has been allowed to wear a chest binder along with only men's clothes, shave her head, and attend all boys groups. The Colsteads were assigned a public defender who advised them to play nice and go along with CPS's recommendations. We've followed their advice for the last few months. Now our rights are being completely stripped away. Oh, what a shock because they believe the child belongs to them. That's what's happened here. The child belongs to them. We told you about Jeremy and Mary Cox out of Indiana, my former home state, lost custody of their daughter to CPS. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's crazy. As for the Colsteads, CPS said that allowing Jennifer to be transgender is in her therapeutic interest and that her parents are not following recommended therapy. CPS given custody of Jennifer for six months. After that, the plan is to place Jennifer in the care of her birth mother, who now lives in Canada but has never really been a part of her life. The one who abandoned her. Probably one of the people who is at the core of her problems in the first place. Mr. and Ms. Colstad have chosen to defy a judge's order to remain silent on the case. They were due to appear in court to respond to charges of contempt, as well as hear the proposed treatment plan for Jennifer going forward, but the hearing's been delayed because of an illness in the family. Meanwhile, Mr. and Mrs. Cox, we told you about them from Indiana, lost custody of their son, southern child taken from their home after the Indiana Department of Child Services. Warned a county court the team was in physical and emotional danger. According to court records, their son had developed an eating disorder and was at risk of self-harm. A county judge ordered he was put in a foster home that supported the teen's chosen gender identity, banned the Coxes from talking about their faith with their teens during visits. The Indiana Court of Appeals admitted a parent-child disagreement usually does not warrant a child's removal, but said this was an extreme case. Their son is now, in a, now a legal adult and cannot be made to return home. But the Coxes said they're worried their other children might meet the same fate. These are dangerous people. Dangerous. Who would dare to presume they know better than parents. And in some cases, these children making irreversible decisions they cannot possibly have the wisdom to make such decisions at their age. I'm going to go on record before we go to break. These people belong in prison. Every single solitary person involved in this, including the judges who have made these decisions, belong in prison. This is an abomination. Still to come in the broadcast, Wellness Wednesday. Yes, it's going to pack a punch. A couple of items for you as we continue. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. It is time for Wellness Wednesday. I have a couple of items for you. In fact, the one I mentioned in the conversation with our caller, I may have to save that for tomorrow because this item here is rather long. Eh, we'll see. Let's start here. My good friend Lauren posted this. And I want you to understand there's a lot of 
things that unfortunately have become attached to our alleged Christian world that are not healthy. You may immediately spot some of the things here, or maybe you'll hear these things and think, okay, yeah, we do this all the time and don't think there's anything wrong with this. But let's begin with this post from Lauren. The following is a quote from a book called Hell is Real by Pastor Brian Jones. Just to remind you of why I do what I do, I'm here to help combat the absolute lunacy and spiritual terrorism of Christianity gone wrong. Boy, there's an interesting choice of words. Terrorism. Spiritual terrorism. Following quote shows how some Christian leaders worship Satan and call him holy. How many Christians describe God as demonic and say it's because he's holy? This kind of view of God causes such existential terror and instability in people's minds. It drives good people into psychological trauma and mental breakdown. Ooh. Jesus rescued from you from falling into the hands of someone larger than your mind can conceive. Stronger than the combined strength of a trillion nuclear explosions, a holy God destined to unload the complete unrestrained force of his wrath on you for offending his holy nature. That's what you really save from. Apocalyptic urgency is not about saving your friend from hell. It's about saving your friend from God. Hell isn't your friend's biggest problem. God is. Hell is simply the end result of God's justified wrath. It's the final permanent expression of his anger towards those who purposely chosen to reject his lordship over their lives. That's why until you understand how violent and inhumane God really is, how utterly wrathful the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ can become, you'll never feel the urgency to help your non-Christian friends escape his detestable clutches. Brian Jones Quotes from Hell is Real, but I hate to admit it. Even more insanity about it is the endorsements of this book from other pastors saying things like, with a pastor's heart and a strong biblical grasp, Brian Jones shows the importance of... And Brian Jones is a courageous voice of truth, grace, and love. No, there is no biblical grasp here at all. There's nothing pastoral about painting our father and only hope as inhumane and violent against humanity. Turning grace and love into torture and barbarism is undoing what Jesus came to reveal about God and painting him as the enemy whom Jesus came to defeat. Jesus called Satan the enemy of humanity, not his father. For reversing this truth, Brian Jones is guilty of blasphemy. You cannot describe God as being evil and say, it's because he's holy. This is really bizarre stuff, but I've heard this kind of thing before. You should be terrified of God. You know, I, and, I, and I have to acknowledge, years ago, I remember enjoying things like sinners in the hands of an angry God. And I have to tell you, the longer I grow in my union with him the more I find these things deeply disturbing deeply disturbing
And I think much of what we have done, well, we've done two things. Much of the time, a lot of our ethic and mentality comes from the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. The other thing that's happened is I think much of what we are promoting is out of mythology. I welcome your responses to this. I also wanted to share something that I came across in my devotional time today. I wasn't intending to go into this today, but I'm going to. I'm not going to mention any names. I don't need to. But I think particularly for those of us who claim to be Christians, we have to ask ourselves, what values are we promoting by the choices that we make and the things and the people that we promote? Now, again, I'm, I'm not telling you or trying to tell you who to vote for. Obviously, you can vote for whomever you want. But I know for myself, I am... I have a greater appreciation because I see, as I get older, I see the damage that is done by self. Self. That's really at the heart of much of the modern... I mean, it's always been man's problem. But what has made it worse in Western civilization, we have glorified self and everything about it. I want to read James chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. And, and for those of you who don't appreciate other versions, this is the message paraphrase. And I love how it drives this message very home, very, very, very much home in very short sentences. Here's what he says. As it is, you are full of your grandiose selves. Listen, as it is, you are full of your grandiose selves. All such vaunting self-importance is evil. In fact, if you know the right thing to do and don't do it, that for you is evil. Grandiose selves, vaunting, self-importance. You're not going to hear much conversation about this on Sunday mornings. We like to talk about the, quote, big sins. I think this is the heart of much of what is ailing human beings. Vaunting self-importance. Thought that would be helpful. <laughs> so I put it out there. As we continue our broadcast, still to come, we will talk about a holy war that's been pledged against a celebrity. What did this singer and songwriter do? <laughs> we'll discuss that much more as we continue. On the culture front, here's something we ought to pay attention to. Breitbart reports syphilis cases in the U.S. soared to the highest level since the 1950s. This is a federal government report on sexually transmitted diseases in adults. Overall, more than 2.5 million cases of chlamydia, 
gonorrhea and syphilis reported nationally in 2022 as the country's epidemic of sexually transmitted infections continues to grow. According to the report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, syphilis cases alone increased 17% in the past year, 80% in the past five years, to the highest count in the United States since 1950. Meanwhile, chlamydia cases held steady. Reported cases of gonorrhea decreased in 2022. Laura Bachman, acting director of the CDC's Division of STD Prevention, cautioning in a statement, within the STI epidemic, syphilis is one infection that stands alone, emerging as a unique public health challenge. Also warning, STIs do not often show symptoms. Kimberly Stanford, an associate professor of emergency medicine, saying more severe cases have become a regular occurrence. When I was in training, I can't recall ever seeing an obvious case of primary or secondary syphilis. We're now seeing vascular complications, severe surgical emergencies, things you read about in textbooks. Ooh. The vast majority of congenital syphilis cases, nearly 90%, might have been prevented with better testing and treatment. So there's that. By the way, syphilis is a bacterial disease that can surface as painless genital sores, but can ultimately lead to paralysis, hearing loss, dementia, and even death if left untreated. Hmm. Pretty sobering stuff. Let's talk about something on the local front the local cultural front before we delve into a story done by Rolling Stone about a holy war that is underway. Yes, a holy war. Bob has written in. I I suspect there are a lot of people like Bob out there and more so in the last few years. I've been here 30 years and I've watched this region grow and it's good and it's bad. It's one of those things that you um there, there's a balance here where you want to be accommodating and yet at the same time you don't want to give up you in the process bob writes vince let me start by saying i've been a long time listener i've enjoyed listening to your show for many years a man and not af- not afraid to call it like it is i have used this tag office in lincolnton many times they've always been efficient and courteous Someone obviously complained about the Christian music being played, I'm sure at a low level. Now the owner has decided to close his business. What? Where are we going? Is it really coming to the point of the minority rules? Is live and let live no longer a rule to live by? But now you have to pander to my wants and everything offends someone. What offends me is when someone moves here and now we must change to suit them. I say, go back to wherever you came from so you can enjoy your life. That had to be so nice. I actually came from Charlotte to Lincolnton because the tag offices that service Mecklenburg County were so bad. I could get my business done sooner, even with a trip there. I moved to Catawba County from Charlotte five years ago, born and raised there to get away from that crap. Now it's raised its ugly head again. Yes, I get what you're saying. Um, 
<laughs> it's so weird how, um, you know, I, I've always thought that, it, like, if I go to somebody's house, I'm your guest. I'm there to fit in with your rules and live under the values that you live under while I'm there. I should not be coming into your house and telling you what to do. But we're in very different times, aren't we? We'll probably have to save some of this story for after the break. Rolling Stone has an interesting story. Trump allies pledge holy war. What is the holy war against? Is it what I was talking about earlier? About pride? About boasting? No. You know what the enemy is? It's Taylor Swift. I, I had to do a double take when I saw this story because I thought this is one of the dumbest things that I've seen this week. Singer-songwriter Taylor Swift has not even endorsed President Joe Biden for re-election yet. That has not stopped members of Magaland's upper crust from plotting to declare, as one source close to Donald Trump calls it, a holy war on the pop megastar, especially if she ends up publicly backing the Democrats in the 2024 election. According to three people familiar with the matter, Trump loyalists working on or close to the former president's campaign, longtime Trump allies in right-wing media, whatever that is, and an array of outside advisors to the ex-president have long taken it as a given that Swift will eventually endorse Biden as she did in 2020. Indeed, several of these Republicans and conservative media figures have discussed the matter with Trump over the past few months. I, I just have to tell you, anybody who thinks this is a big deal needs to get a life. I don't give a rat's ass about Taylor Swift. And whatever political sway she has over anybody. While Swift has not yet issued an endorsement in the 2024 race, the New York Times reported Monday Swift is a key name on Biden aides wish list of potential surrogates. A potential Swift appearance at Super Bowl 58 alongside her boyfriend, Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey has already promoted uh, prompted the MAGA rights culture war people into a conspiracy fueled froth about how this NFL season has been rigged to boost Biden. Oh, my gosh. They're starting this already. Behind the scenes, Trump has reacted to the possibility of Biden and Swift teaming up against him this year, not with alarm, but an instant projection of ego. In recent weeks, the former president has told people in his orbit, no amount of A-list celebrity endorsements will save Biden. Trump has also privately claimed he's more popular than Swift, and he has more committed fans than she does. According to a person close to Trump and another source with knowledge of the matter, telling Rolling Stone. Last month, a source close to Trump adds the ex-president commented to some confidants. It obviously made no sense. He was not named Time Magazine's 2023 Person of the Year, an honor that went to none other than Taylor Swift in December. In an email to Rolling Stone, Trump campaign senior advisor Jason Miller shrugged off the prospect of a swift endorsement for Trump's rival. Joe Biden might be counting on Taylor Swift to save him, but voters are looking at these sky-high inflation rates and saying, we are never, ever getting back together, Miller wrote. Oh, my gosh. I can't. Uh, one more line here before we go to break. 
The former president's already taken public swipes at Swift because of her endorsement of two Tennessee Democrats running during the 2018 midterms. About 25% less now, Trump said, following the pop singer's statement. <laughs> this is so silly. It, it, can we come to understand how irrelevant these people are? But they're giving these people fuel. And concerned enough, they need to wage a holy war against her. How dare she? <laughs> Love to get your thoughts as we continue the Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Wednesday. I know about you. I'm always up for, always up for trying out new restaurants. You know, it's one of the discussions I have all the time in trying to figure out, you know, the times I am potentially eating out. But I'm very curious to find something with a different taste. Rather than the same old stuff all the time. Charlotte Observer reports on a popular California burger chain opening another store in the Charlotte area. Expanding this time with a six North Carolina store at Lake Norman. The Habit Burger Grill, known for its cook-to-order char-grilled burgers, will debut February 7th in Denver. It's on Highway 73 in Denver. By the way, for those of you who do not know, February 7th is next week. Isn't this year going by quickly already? February 7th is next Wednesday. Man. Any case, the restaurant will be in the same Catawba Springs Promenade Shopping Center as another flame-grilled burger chain competitor, Burger King. I hope they would not see Burger King as competition. I'm sure I'm assuming too by the prices. This place would be better than Burger King. Habit Burgers Denver store, part of its expansion plan to open 15 stores in the Charlotte region. Third Charlotte area store to open in the past year. In September, Habit Burger opened on Plaza Drive in Mooresville after opening a store last February on Roosevelt Boulevard in Monroe. Hmm. I have to check one of these out. Burgers cooked over an open flame. Sandwiches like marinated chicken, sushi-grade tuna, tenderloin steaks. Sides include tempura, green beans and salads, plus milkshakes and sundaes. So, anyway, if you're interested in checking out something new, this place opening up next week in Denver, North Carolina. So, might be worth a little trek over that way 
to check it out. Who knows? All right. I think it is time for a look at the day in history. I think. Yes, it is. (laughs) Mr. George, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. We go back to 1606 at the very beginning. Wow, this was uh, quite an event. A guy named Guy Fox is hanged, drawn, and quartered for his part in the plot to blow up Great Britain's Parliament. Boy, they don't play around, do they? Uh, apparently not. <laughs> 1865, the House passed the 13th Amendment. 1950, Truman announced the development of this bomb. A little bit different than the previous one. Which, What kind of bomb was this, do you know? Hydrogen bomb? Hydrogen, or the H-bomb, as it became known as. 1971, Apollo 14 headed to this place. The moon. The moon. Back on mission after Apollo 13. 1988, of course, they have a different name now, but they won the Super Bowl in 1988. They've got a new title now that's more politically correct. Oh, I guess that would be the Washington Commanders. <laughs> yes, back then known as the Redskins. <gasps> How terrible. Or is my favorite name for them, the Deadskins. The de- <laughs> That's pretty good. Like that one. 1990, this restaurant. Well, I think there are probably more of these restaurants than there are churches on the planet. Opening its first restaurant in Moscow, 1990 was the year. I would guess that would be McDonald's. McDonald's, you better believe it. And 2020, this country, to a great deal of alarmed reaction, this country left the EU. How dare they? It was called Brexit. What was the country that left that would be the EU? The UK. United Kingdom. How dare those people? But they did it in 2020. And the sky's not fallen yet, has it? Well, it's still there. It's, it's trying to, but it's <laughs> not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, we're working on that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, a look at the day in history. Now to our bizarre story as we close out. This is just weird. Get a load of this. Woman falls into dumpster while tossing garbage and gets compacted inside a trash truck. Yes, this really happened. A New Hampshire fire department says a woman fell into a dumpster while throwing out her garbage. But the adventure didn't end there. She landed inside a trash truck that compacted the contents. This is pretty dangerous stuff. She was simply throwing out her garbage. I have to wonder. I, I, I'm I'm not talking trash here. Oh my gosh! Oh, boo! I I didn't did not I did not intend to make a pun out of that. I really didn't. But was this woman drinking or something? How many people throw out their garbage and they fall into a dumpster? Well, funny you should say that because I have a friend whose son dropped her car keys into a trash bag, and unbeknownst, she took it and threw it in the dumpster. And uh, she actually called me to come help her fish it out. So I guess people do it more often than we know. Yeah. 
Well, luckily, neighbors heard this woman's screams. The trash compartment was equipped with a camera. The driver spotted the woman stuck inside and called 911. By then, the driver reportedly compacted the garbage up to four times. I mean, this woman's still alive. Rescuers used a basket ladder to reach the top of the truck and lift her out. By then, she was standing, talking, yelling, but was not enough alert enough to answer questions. According to the news release, taken to a hospital after this misadventure, her name not released. But the battalion chief for the fire department said, in 32 years, I've never seen anything like this my entire career. It's alarming. Because you really don't think this kind of thing would happen. Mm. It is bizarre, for sure. Well, that's all the time we have. Thank you very much for joining us. Be sure to listen this evening for the debate. Eighth Congressional District. All the WBT team will be there. And we'll be back right here. Same time, same channel. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you.